Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments, saying all the law and the prophets, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What think ye of Christ, whose son is he? They say unto him, the son of David. Brother Jay, if you will, pray for us. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Please help us. Man, you can be seated. If the Lord would help us for a little while now, I want to preach on this thought today. I mentioned, uh, I preached on, along this text in the funeral. I want to preach on this thought of the crooked picture frame, the crooked frame of our life. I got to looking in this chapter, Brother Scott, and I noticed here they are coming at Jesus from every side. The Herodians came. And the Pharisees took counsel how they could entangle the Lord. Their, their motive was to entangle. The word there, entangle, means to snare in a trap. They sent their disciples as they, with the Herodians and they tried to tempt Christ and tried to catch him at his words. Then the Sadducees came. When the Sadducees came, they, Jesus silenced them. And the Bible says in verse number 34 that when the Pharisees had heard had he put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. The Pharisees have come back together. And their desire is to trip the Lord up. Isn't it something that they wanted to trip up the author and finisher of our faith on things concerning the law? That's the, that's the way the world is. They're trying to trip up, trip up the author of the word, the finisher of the word, on the word. Boy, you ever met somebody like that that just wanted to trip you up on what you knew about the Bible and trip you up on things you know about the Scripture? In our text tonight, I, I, I was thinking today and, and tonight, of the truth that is mentioned in our text, Jesus is preaching back. He's answering their questions. He's preaching the Bible. And the text that Jesus preached that we read tonight is so important that the Lord put it three other times in the Gospels. It's found in Matthew in our text. It's also found in Mark chapter 12 and verse number 30. And it's found again in Luke chapter 10 and verse number 27. In the three synoptic Gospels, he, he put the truth that we're going to deal with tonight. I believe if the Lord says something one time, we need to pay attention. But if he said it more than once, we sure need to listen. 
But the truth that's mentioned in the Gospels is not the first time I mentioned it today. If you went back to the principle of first mention, it's first mentioned in Deuteronomy in chapter number 6. It is a foundational passage. It's known as the, Deuteronomy 6 is known as a foundational passage for the nation of Israel. It's the people of God's text. It's considered to be by them and most people who study the Old Testament be one of the most important passages in the Bible, Deuteronomy chapter number 6. I'm glad in that text we're, not, we're told that he did not, he did not love us because we were good people. He did not, he loved us and separated us unto himself even though we were a few people. I'm glad he loves us, amen. It is a foundational text, Deuteronomy chapter 6. In Deuteronomy in chapter number 6, the first time you mention this, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. That was Christ's answer back to the religious crowd. When they tried to trip him, he said, well, I'll tell you the most important, what is the great commandment? The great commandment, you're going to find out the greatest commandment in everything that the law hinges on, all that the prophets hinge on is love. And you need to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And the first time it's mentioned Deuteronomy 6, that's an Old Testament back, uh, passage. I, it, it, it dawned on me when I was thinking about this that Moses is re-giving the law in the book of Deuteronomy. And Moses is retelling this law and it's as if he distills all of the law down all the Ten Commandments into one commandment. And that commandment is love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And if you think about the Ten Commandments, as they, if you break them up in the first four, it deals with how we love our relationship to God. The last six of those Ten Commandments deal with our relationship, how we deal with man. You're not going to commit adultery with another man's wife if you love him more than you love yourself. You're not going to steal another man's ox or ass if you love him more than you love yourself. And so those Ten Commandments, embodied in those Ten Commandments, is this commandment. It's like a curtain rod that everything else hangs on. It is, it is, the, very, it is the very essence of the law. God loved us, and he so loved us that he gave his only begotten son to fulfill the law that we couldn't even live up to. So love is at the core of the law and love answered every amen, question that the law brought up in your life. Ain't you thankful for love tonight? I, I got to thinking today, we, we uh, have a prayer cloth downstairs and this prayer cloth was given to me by a Jew who got converted. And, and this prayer cloth, on the bottom of this prayer cloth, there's 613 different strands which represents the 613 laws that the Pharisees in, in the time of Jesus had broken down the Ten Commandments into 613 different laws. And uh, I, it hit me midstream preaching again today that God answered their 613 all with love. Because if you flip that 613 backwards, it's 316. 
And God said that he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to whosoever believed that should not perish but have everlasting life. Isn't it amazing how God will always take the opportunity to turn man's wickedness and show his love. To take man's weakness and show his mightiness. Oh, I'm so glad. And he's doing that in the text. He's already shut the Herodians up. He's done silence to Sadducees. And I can see the Pharisees beating their chest. Say, well, he got our adversaries. He got the ones that we don't like. Uh, the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. I've always heard they sad, you see. If you believe in the resurrection, you're a Pharisee, not a sad, you see. And he, these, these Pharisees said, hey, we're the protectors of the law. We're the defenders of the law. Let's put our lawyer. He's that scribe. He's that, he's that intelligent man. He's that one that studies the law. He's the one that calls people into question when they break the law. He knows the dots and the tittles of the law. Let's put him up there. He'll be able to trip Jesus up. According to the Bible, according to the text, and we'll get into it in just a little bit, the Bible says in verse 35, they sent the lawyer who asked the question, watch this, tempting him. So their motive was wicked. These men were deceived and their motive was wicked, but the master's fixing to give them the answer that we need to hear in 2023 and they needed to hear. But I feel like I need to deal a little bit more tonight with Deuteronomy in chapter 6. It is the, mention, it is the first time in the Bible this truth is mentioned. So if you went back to Deuteronomy 6, and we're not going to go back there, but you write these down if you want to. In Deuteronomy 6, this text, that is the national text of the God's chosen people. This is a text that was in every prayer book that Israel had. In fact, the children and religious people would have this text. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. They had to quote that among other verses two times a day, every single day. They knew what the Lord was. When, when the Lord said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, every kid in earshot knew what he was talking about. Every Pharisee knew what he was talking about. They prided themselves. They wore phylacteries that had little scriptures rolled up on their arms and their forehead. Had it posted on their house and on their door, on their door when you came into their gate. They prided themselves on knowing the scripture. And when Jesus said, y'all are trying to ensnare me with your hatred, I want to tell you God's going to answer man's hatred with love. And by the way, let me just skip to the end right quick. Go ahead and let you see where I'm going. Ain't you glad you see men at its worst and all the hatred of man when they nailed our Savior to the cross and he did it all because of love. Man did it in hatred and God did it in love and God gave himself a willing sacrifice for you and me. Oh, bless his name. In, in Deuteronomy 6, there's seven lessons embodied. They would teach this in Jesus' day. The first thing they would teach in Deuteronomy 6 in our text as well when you put the Lord, the love, the love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind was you were to not only know the commandments but you were to do, do the commandments. And so here's what he's saying. The Pharisees, they knew the law but they struggled living out the law. It's one thing to know the law it's a whole other thing to live the law. Here, here's what he said. The first thing, he's referring back to Deuteronomy 6. He's calling their mind. He's jogging their memory. He said, if you'll remember in that Deuteronomy 6 text, 
that the Lord has just quoted. He's the author. He can quote it anytime he wants. He's quoting his word. He said, he said, I'm reminding you that Moses didn't just give you Ten Commandments just to memorize them, just to meditate on them, but to mimic them. You're supposed to live them. You're supposed to do the law. And if you'll do the law, God will bless you. The second thing, Deuteronomy 6, anytime they taught it, the Lord's reminding them that he's reminding them that the love of God should be above all other love that you have. He should be the forefront of your love. You should love nothing more than God. And anything more that takes more precedence in your life than God, anything you love more than God, be careful because God may take it out of the way. Amen. The third thing they were, he was reminding them of, pointing to Deuteronomy 6, he, he's urging them to not only know the law, not to know that the love is at the core of the law, but they are to walk the law out without respect to person. They would make little uh, options for the Pharisee. They would set up a little synagogue. You weren't supposed to travel so far from your house except it were a synagogue. They would set up a little synagogue at the maximum amount of, of distance they could travel just so they could travel another distance. They would always try to circumvent the law. You can't circumvent the law. The love is the only true answer for the law. The Lord's reminding them that. The, the, another lesson the Lord reminded them of is that your heart is always inclined to evil and you need to be warned about it and struggle to never let your heart or your flesh run your life. He also reminds them in Deuteronomy in chapter number 6, the Lord's quoting this, he's reminded them, don't forget, it was, it was I who brought you out of Egypt. It was the Lord and his love for his people that brought you out of Egypt. It wasn't because you were better than anybody. You trusted in the blood of the Lamb, and I loved you, and I gave you a message, and you trusted in the blood of the Lamb, and I brought you out because I chose you because I loved you. And he's reminding them. He's reminding them of the, being delivered from bondage. He's reminding them that they are to stay true to God even in the good times. And then lastly, he's reminding them they need to be true to God even in the rough times. Sometimes, some people's got it down, boy, they'll live for God when everything's going right and the bottom falls out and they kick out of church. Some people will live right for God only when everything's going wrong. When things start getting good, they'll kick out. The Lord said, hey, you're supposed to live, you're supposed to live according to the law of love all the days of your life. The love for God should compel you to live a lawful life. And so Jesus in our text, he's reminding them of Deuteronomy in chapter number 6. I want you to look. Let's, let's walk through the text. In, in, Deuteron in Deuteronomy, Jesus is reminding them all this. So let's look, let's look at the text. In verse number 34, we see them who were involved in our text. It was the Pharisees. The Bible says they gathered together. Look at the last part of verse 34. Isn't it amazing you can get a crowd to come together to do something wicked against God? But it's hard to get a crowd to come together to do something good for God. Preach on, preacher. <laughs> hey, man, y'all know that's right. Hey, man, you can get a crowd together if you want to go to a bar. It's hard to get a crowd together to go to church. Hey, man. You can get a crowd together to go to a party. It's hard to get a crowd together to go to prayer meeting. Hey, man, that's right. Hey, man. They're involved in the text. It was religious people. The people that were supposed to be looking for the Messiah, the, the folks who were supposed to know the law, 
The Lord's having to remind them. We can get in church. We'll get so comfortable being around truth. We can get so comfortable hearing truth. We can get so comfortable truth being preached to us and taught to us that we almost get numb. God had to get the numbness out of them. And he's telling you, you should love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. The involved in the text, the iniquity in the text. Already mentioned it, but look at verse number 35. Verse number 35, they, they asked him a question. And they asked him a question tempting him. They really didn't want to know what the Lord had to say. They just wanted to catch him in his words. And man, I don't know. I don't know sometimes if when we ask the Lord a question, we're asking with the right motive. But they had come together. How foolish it was for them to think they could catch him. But look in verse number 36. The involved in our text, the iniquity behind the, their asking this question in our text. But look at the interest in the text. They seem to be interested. They asked the question in verse 36. They, they used this word master. That's not because they recognize him as their master. It's almost like a play on words. They've heard everybody else call him master. And so they said, master, which is the great commandment in the law. It seems spiritual. Seems like they really want to know what, what it is that the Lord says is the great commandment. If, if, they can get, if they can get the Lord to say one thing is the great commandment, they can get a crowd together and say, no, this is the great commandment, and we'll have something to arrest him by. Uh, they were wicked-motive, wicked-minded, and wicked-hearted people. So many times I think people come to church sometimes, and we don't have the right mind. We don't have the right motive, and God help us tonight. So here's the answer. Here, here's the message tonight. The message tonight is what's in, in the Lord's return to their, to their question asked. His answer, look at verse 37. And Jesus said to them, thou shalt love. Not, not, not if you feel like it, not, not if everybody agrees with it, but thou shalt love the Lord thy God. And notice he said, if he's your God, he said the Lord thy God, not your neighbor's God. If you're a believer, if you're a true follower of Christ, if you're his child, if you're, if you're saved tonight, thou shalt, not a question, you sh thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. With Y'all catch that little three-letter word, don't you? All thy soul, all thy mind. Not, not, not half of it, not a portion of it, not a fraction of it, but all of it. Jesus deals in the text, in his answer, with a relationship. He says, he says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. In other words, he deals with upward love. And then he said, thy neighbor as thyself, he deals with outward love. He deals with horizontal, he deals with vertical. He deals with up toward God, our relationship to him, and then our relationship to man. Many of us, many of us tonight, Many of us tonight, I mentioned it today, if there was a picture hanging on the wall that took two nails, many of us tonight have got that one nail down. Maybe we love God like we are too. But this one over here is not where it needs to be and the picture frame of our life that people see is crooked. Maybe, maybe you got, you love men, maybe you love your spouse, maybe you love your family, but you don't love God like you need to. And you got that one, but either way, your, your picture frame of your life is crooked if you don't love it. The, on those two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. 
It's almost like, Brother Scott, I, I mentioned this today, it's, it's like the Lord is telling us, you can't love man right until you love God right. You can't love your spouse right unless you love God right. You can't love your grandbabies right. You can't love your children right. I know you love your children. I know people in here love each other, but I'm gonna tell you something. We can't love nobody right if we don't love God right. We've gotta have our relationship with God like it needs to be. Well, preacher, I love God, do you? Does he know it by your actions? He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Does he know it by what you read? Does he know it by what you see? Does he know it by what you say? Does he know it by how you act? Man, I don't know if it helped anybody else. It sure helped me today. And it's helping me tonight. Jesus talks about a relationship to God and relationship to man. He talks about ranking love. He said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. And first, with all thy heart. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with thy mind. This is the first and the great commandment. The second, the second one. So the first thing we've got to nail down, remember, is loving God. So he ranks our love. How are you loving God tonight? Do you love God? Is he number one? Jesus reminds us in the Sermon on the Mount, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things going to be added unto you. Amen. Our relationship to God is the most important thing. Hey man, she, hey man, I, I thought about Miss Angie today. I mentioned it over there. She was more concerned about her family loving God, hey amen, and loving each other. She wanted to make sure they loved God. God help us today. The sad truth is most folks don't even have time for God. Most folks today don't even, don't even count God as part of their priority. You can tell it in their checkbook. Somebody say amen. You can tell it, in, amen, in their calendar. Somebody say amen. God, but hey, I'm, the most important people, the heroes of our faith, have loved God first and loved man second and loved themselves last. They have gave themselves to love. Love has been their driving force and they left a legacy behind, uh, amen, for every one of us to follow to show us how we're to live our Christian life because they love God first and foremost in their life. Jesus said, you better love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. You see, Jesus, he loved us with an everlasting love. Love was there way before the law was. Love was there before man was. Love was there before the first bug that ever crawled. Love existed before an angel existed. Love existed before time existed. And we know it so. We know it so because the Bible says in the beginning was the word that predates Genesis 1-1. And, and then it goes on to say in verse 14, the word was made flesh. Why was he made flesh? Well, according to Peter, Peter said, before the foundation of the world, he was the lamb foreordained to die. Why did he die, Brother Jared? He died because he loved us, Brother Jamie. So love predates everything. 
anything. There's not a star that's older than love. There's not a planet that's older than love. No man is older than love. There's not an angel that exists that is older than love. Love is at the core of all that God is. And it, none of this would even exist if God didn't love us. And we wouldn't even be going to heaven if God didn't love us. And the truth is, I wouldn't have a good wife. I wouldn't have boys if it wasn't for love. And it all came out because of God. He said, I'm going to tell you, if you're going to get things right, with, if you're going to get things right, if you're going to live a joyful life, if you're going to live a life that's not full of confusion, if you're going to live a life that is in order and live a life of victory, not of turmoil and disgust and strength, you're going to have to get your love right. You're going to have to get that thing ranked right. And all God's people say. But he breaks it down for us. How do you split up? We are tripart being. The God, Father, Son, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. We're made in his image and after his likeness. He doesn't break, he breaks it down individually. He said, with all your heart. In other words, the opposite of that was to have a double heart, to have a dispersed heart, to have a divided heart, to have a sluggish heart. The idea is that the care of your heart is set up on nothing as much as loving and pleasing God. He said, with all your heart, with everything in your heart, you love it more, more than anything on planet earth. More, more than any mountain you've ever seen. More than any monument that man's ever built. More than any music that you've ever heard. More than any man that you've ever saw. More than any woman that you've ever seen. More than anything on planet, any matter, any molecules, anything. They love God with all your heart. The, the affections and the desires. Hey man, what motivates you? What, what, what makes you get up in the morning? Should be, if your heart's right, with loving God. Would y'all say amen? Here's what, here's, here's, what, here's what Malachi reminds us. Here's what Micah reminds us. Do just love mercy and walk humbly with the Lord thy God. In, in other words, here's what the Lord's telling us in the book of Matthew. In the book of Matthew, here's what the Lord's saying. The indispensable duty of man is to love God. That is his responsibility. It would be natural for man, creation, to love God if it wasn't for sin. But when sin came in the world, amen, men began to have unnatural affection. They began to want unnatural things. Is everybody with me? I don't have to read preach Romans 1 again tonight, do I? It takes you down a path of wickedness. And if you begin to, man begins to love man and do that which is unnatural and unseemly and God never ordained that. A man and a woman can have a child. Two men can't have a child. Two women can't have a child. It's unnatural. It's against God. It's against the sovereign will, the sovereign design of God. And that's why God said he turned them over to a reprobate mind. Well, you start down that path when you get your love wrong. Well, preacher, I never get that far off. I hope you never will. Hey, man. But it is possible that's where sin eventually takes you away from God's will, away from God's design. Amen. The love of God is spread abroad in our hearts. I mentioned today by the Holy Ghost. My, my, my wife makes a sandwich. I, 
he'll make his or my wife will make it. He'll never let me make him a sandwich. I, 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 I ain't got it figured out. I'll pray God to convict him before he leaves. I'll get to make him a sandwich. But I can't make it right. I guess it goes back to when he was a kid. When she makes a peanut butter jelly sandwich, she daubs an amen on both sides of the bread, dumps of jelly all the way over it, and it gets funny. It's funny sometimes. I think Jessica or Bethany, one of them said, hey, do you want any biscuit with that jelly? I mean, he'll dump it on there. And when you eat it, it squirts out both sides of your mouth, and you got to use a fork to eat all the leftover peanut butter and jelly. Hey, man, that's the way God, that's the idea was spread. He spread and brought the love of God in our hearts when we got saved. The Holy Ghost coming in and laid it on thick. That means to lay on thick. He spread it thick. Oh, I'm so glad. God wanted to spread love in our heart. Ain't nobody can spread it like he spread it. Nobody can do it like he did it. And that's why I want him to do the spreading in my life. Amen. Hallelujah. The love of God spread abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. We love God according to the Bible because he first loved us. Y'all believe that? First John tells us that. Well, first John also tells us we loved him who gave himself for us. Amen. Paul, no wonder Paul said the love of Christ constrains me, puts me in a straitjacket, makes me realize that I was dead and now I'm alive and he which raised me from the dead, I have, a, I have a constraint of love that compels me to live for him and not for me. I, I love constrains me. It compels me. We are motivated by love. See, we're not, we're legalists believe that doing certain things gets you to heaven. But those who are saved want to live separate believe that because I'm saved, I want to do what's right for the glory of God. Amen. And, and he said, look, he said, the indispensable of duty is to love God first. That's the first commandment. You, you can't even get off the first step. You've got to love God. Are you loving God? Right. Husbands, wives, you can't love your husband. You can't love your children unless you love God right. Does he know you love him? I, people say all the time, baby, I love you. And then they beat them. And their eyes is black and blue. I doubt very seriously that person that just been told that they believe that they love them. They, you can tell it by actions, not just words. Love is demonstrative. This text is demonstrative. I mentioned today, how, how can I, I've never preached this text, never heard it preached before. Because this is a text that is to be demonstrated, not expounded. It's something that ought to be displayed in people's lives. People should be able to see that you love God more than anything else. Your children ought to know that you love God more than anything else. I, I never forget. I never forget. Austin came home one day, Michelle, and I, I, I probably you probably heard me tell us. Austin came home one day, and they was at Walmart. He said, "Daddy, don't tell Mama. I told you." He is the world's worst about that. Brother Jay, one time he broke these little figurines. Eventually my wife threw them in the trash. But he broke these little figurines. I said, son, don't worry. I'm going to save you from getting a whooping. I went and got some super glue, put it all together. I said, don't tell mama. He gets, mom, she walks in the door and said, mama, I just want you to know I broke your things. I said, son, now I'm, a, now I'm aiding in the bed in your criminality. Man, are y'all listening to me? Oh, my God, help us, Lord. I remember my, my wife, Austin came home. He, he's bad about telling things. My wife had seen somebody in the grocery store, and they didn't have enough money to buy their groceries, and it eats her alive. She 
can't stand it. She prayed for groceries. He said, Daddy, don't tell her I told you. And man, brother, it broke my heart. I said, thank God my wife is loving her neighbor. See, because we want to say, well, who is my neighbor? That's what the lawyer said. He said, I'm good to them people that's good to me. No, my wife had never seen that person, never saw her again. You know what we're supposed to do? Everybody's your neighbor. You have an obligation to display the love of God to everybody around you. But you can't even get there until you love him right. With all your heart, with all your soul. It's your indispensable duty. It's required of God that you give your life and love him. Amen. What would keep us from the love of God? Only thing I think, what could keep us from loving God like we ought to love him with all our heart? Sin, loving sin, loving the world, loving wickedness would keep us from loving like we ought to love. I'll tell you tonight, I get to thinking, he said, with all thy heart, with all thy soul. With that soul, that part of you that's on the inside, unzip and see that, that eternal part of me. My if, if I die, my body's laid in the grave, don't worry about it. I ain't there. That was just my shell. That was just my outward house. My soul, to be absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord. You say, what's your soul look like? I believe it looks like me. Because there's a white robe. It's going to be put on my soul until the rapture takes place, and then I'm going to get a glorified body. Are, are you all with me? I ain't got to change robes. It looks like me. My soul, this body, this flesh is what I wear. I've got a heavenly tabernacle, a glorified body, one that ain't encumbered by vile affections. Until then, I need to love him. I need to love him with my soul. Well, my flesh don't love him like I ought to. He said, with all your heart, the affections, your desires, what motivates you, and with your soul, that born again part, don't live a up and down Christian life. Love him with all your heart and with all your soul. But then he says, with all your mind. <clears throat> I got to thinking, that's that part. I, I watched it today. I don't think I got nobody like that right now. But I watched it today. I said, that mind is that part that's struggling, paying attention to the preaching. Right now, some of you are lingering off. And it, it's the truth. Mind is the thing, it's the battleground. That's what drives us crazy. That's what we have to deal with. If you had a sinful past before you got saved, you've got to deal with all those thoughts and all those memories. Boy, ain't you glad God don't bring them up against you. But the flesh will and your mind will. And, hey man, and the world will. They'll bring it up. I saw a person at the funeral home last night. And, uh, <laughs> and she said, yeah, introduced me to her husband. He is a police officer, retired, thank God. And he said, uh, yeah, I know Shane back before he got saved. I said, don't say nothing. Amen. Don't. I, I'm glad my wife was working and she couldn't be there last night because I don't need you to tell her all that stuff I used to do. People will bring it up. The devil will bring it up. Your mind will bring it up. Ain't you glad God ain't going to bring it up? Amen. He'll not remember your sin against you no more. Thank God. That's sovereignty, by the way. Sovereignty is, is not knowing everything. Sovereignty is knowing everything and choosing not to remember things. Amen. That's God right there. Hallelujah. He said, you need to focus. You need to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all thy mind. The opposite of that is to be double-minded. He said, with your whole mind. God's interested in, 
and you not being a double-minded. A Bible said a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. If a double-minded man prays, don't let him think he shall receive anything of the Lord. You need to be single-minded and single-hearted. Would everybody agree with that? Can you say amen? The one duty of man is to love God and take care. If you love God, everything, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, everything else is going to take care of itself. God gave me this the other mentioned it today. I don't have my watch on tonight. I left it at the house. But if you were to take my watch apart, there is one spring, and if you wind that thing tight, coil it up, Brother Jamie, and, and hey man, and then set it in motion, it keeps all the gears in there moving in the right direction. And that's the way it is with love. If we that we have a spring of love in our life, and if we'll wind that thing up and get it where it needs to be, it'll make everything else fall into place. But if love ain't right, if it ain't coiled up inside of that, if you don't have a spring of love in there that's doing right, nothing's gonna go right in your life. Y'all know I'm right. We'll never be able to treat our fellow man right without the disposition of love, without loving God like we need to. We'll never be able to treat people like we need to treat them unless the greatest people you've ever known, they've been loving people. The greatest Christians you've ever known, they've been loving people. God help us to love like we ought to love. Yeah, I I get to thinking about 1 Corinthians 13. Faith is going to end in sight. Prophecy is going to see when all that ceases to exist, when everything's fulfilled. He says the only thing that lasts is love. The one eternal thing that has always been before we ever was, before time existed, and the one thing that's going to live throughout eternity is love. Man, we got to get that love thing right. He said the greatest commandment, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Have that mind that Christ had. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who made himself of no reputation, put, took upon himself the form of servant, being found the form of servant, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He put us before himself. Let this mind, Peter put it like this, gird up the loins of your mind and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And Titus puts it like this. He said when you get right with God and you get some grace on your life and you repent and get things where they need to be, you have a renewing of the mind. We need to renew our mind every time we come to church, every time you pray. Pray God renews your mind. Here's what, he, here's what Paul says in the Colossians. He said think on these things. What's good, just, perfect, honest, Think on them things. Don't have your mind thinking on wrong things. Man, I'm telling you, God help us to love him with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. I thought about Romans chapter number 8 today. Paul said, y'all remember Romans 8, don't you? That's a good chapter. Starts out, no condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Hey, man. Ends up in Romans 8 with no separation. Because there's no condemnation, we'll never be separated from God. He's took care of it. Who can condemn us if it's God that justified us? Amen. If God's for us, who can be against us? What can separate us from the love of God? I love Romans chapter 8. Snuggled right down under them first few verses, here's what it says. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You can have life and not have peace if you're carnally minded. You can be saved and not have peace 
I'm talking about you can have the peace of God, but you cannot be at peace with God. If you, you might have a relationship, but you can be out of fellowship. I, me and my wife has a relationship for 30 years. They Sometimes we ain't been in fellowship, but we always have a relate. Are y'all with me today? Hey, some of us, we, we, we have life, but because a carnal mind is running our life, we are not living with life and peace. We need life and peace. You gotta have that, to have that, you got to have a spiritual mind. He said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Saints, what are you loving most of all in your life? I, I, sinners who don't know the Lord, they, they, they don't even know the love of God. They're foreign to the world, can't know the kind of love. It's foolish to them. Preaching across is foolish. Us coming to church is foolish. Loving one another is foolish. All they, they got all this self-help and self-esteem. Uh, believe me, the world don't have no problem with self-esteem. There's plenty of pride go around. Oh, everybody thinks they deserve everything that everybody else has. I mean, take a married couple that's been married two weeks. They think they, think they are shortchanged because they don't have something that people's been married for 40 years has worked hard and laid up. Somebody ought to say amen. Amen, preacher, amen. The love of God is unknown to the world. The love of God will make you bold. The love of God will help you face anything. What do you think helped Stephen face them people that stoned him? What do you think while they were throwing rocks at him, in other words, while he was being rocked to sleep, he lifted his eyes and saw Jesus standing on the right hand of the Father. Wait a minute. He's supposed to be seated on the right hand of the Father. He is. But he don't take some things sitting down. <laughs> and when somebody misses one of his children, he stands up. Amen. Better watch it when he stands up. Y'all say amen. What made him see that? With all the hatred being thrown at him. It's the love he had for God. You know what he said? He said, Father, don't lay this to their charge. Man. I know somebody else that said that. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He has as much He's demonstrating the kind of love that Christ demonstrated. That's how we're going to have our picture frame right. Be like Stephen, be like Christ. Here's what love will do. If you're lost today, here's what love, love did for you at Calvary. What the law could never do. The law was not given to save people. The law was given to show people they were wicked. The law was given to show people in Romans chapter number 3, verse number 9 and 10, the law entered to show us none of us could live up to it. That we're all unjust. There's none good, no one, not one. There's none that understandeth. Nobody can open their mouth and say, well, Lord, hey, listen, we can't do that. Keeping the law ain't going to get us to heaven. The law took away the cloak of sin. The law revealed to us that we all needed to be saved. But I'm going to tell you what love did. The Bible said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, who should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Everybody knows that verse. Here's what love will do for the sinner. The greatest thing your heart can ever do, the greatest thing, words that your mind can ever think of, the greatest sentence that could ever come out of your mouth, the greatest thing that will ever happen to your soul 
is to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's the greatest thing, amen, that your mind, the words that your mind could ever think of. That's the greatest thing your mouth could ever say. That's the greatest thing your heart could ever believe. And it'll be life-changing eternally for your soul. And if you're saved, amen, thank God. You ought to thank God for that day. If you're lost, good news, you too can get in on the love of God, amen. Then he closes out with this in verse, he closes out with this answer. Here's what he said. He said in verse 40, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. He's dealing with relationship. He's dealing with the rank of their love. Christ closes his message to the Pharisees, to the religious, to us today. Here's Here's what he says. He said, this is what everything else hinges on in your life. The fruit of a lawful life is seen in love that's lived out correctly. God help us to live a life that others can see our see his fruit in our life. Here's what the Bible says. The fruit of the Spirit, guess what it says? Love. Joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, long-suffering, meekness, temperance against us. There's no that the fruit of the Spirit. You know what I believe it is, brother? Scott, I believe we've had it wrong for years. I, I believe the Lord showed it to me a few years ago. I believe if you went to Galatians and you seen the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love. And all that other stuff, all the other fruit, branch out of that one fruit. Love, gentleness, goodness. You're gentle because you love. You're good because you're long-suffering because you love. Gentleness, goodness, faith because you love. It all comes from that. And by the way, it's not the fruit of Scott Clary. It's not the fruit of Shane Jackson. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the evidence that the Spirit lives in your life. When when people come by and, and pick from the fruit stand of your life the fruit of the Spirit, it's evident that you're saved. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. Greater love than this hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friend. God proved his love and we experienced his love. We express his love. Here's what he said. He said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Everything that the law said culminates on love. Everything that the prophet sang culminated on love. The greatest commandment is to love the Lord thy God. The second one's likened to it, love your neighbor as you love yourself. We don't have no problem loving ourselves. Everybody in here calms your head. Took a shower. I don't smell nobody stinking. I'm pretty sure we all put some kind of body deodorant, put some kind of cologne, aftershave, perfume on. I love going somewhere, and it's, it's amazing, Brother Scott. I, I tell my wife, we'll go somewhere, and we'll be out there hiking or be out there walking in the campground, come back to the house, she still smells good. I don't understand that. Man don't have that privilege. We stink. Y'all might as well say amen. And, and here's, we care enough, we groom our beard, we cut our hair, we comb our hair. Oh, we don't have no problem loving ourselves. That's not man's problem. Man's problem is loving God first, everybody else second, and ourselves last. They, Jay heard me say it today at the funeral. I, I mentioned what my pastor said. Brother Frank's back there, and uh, he may even remember this. Pastor Pruitt used to always say, joy is Jesus first, others second, yourself last, acronym. Jesus first, 
other second yourself last. And if you'll get that in order, everything else will fall in place. Here's what we got to remember, brother. One day God said, one day God said, I'm going to wipe away all your tears. It don't matter what crisis, it don't matter what conflict, it don't matter what turmoil comes in your life, it don't matter if you just had to go by the cemetery, it doesn't matter what happens in, I don't, whatever comes in your life, love will be, get you over the speed bump that your life seems to keep hitting. The answer is love. And here's, then Jesus asked them this question. While they were gathered together, Jesus asked them saying, what think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? They say unto him, the son of David. The son of David. Man. You know what, Brother Jared? We, they recognized somebody in the crowd had to recognize the son of God in flesh right there. The crowd called Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. Blind Bartimaeus said, thou son of David, that's a messianic title. When you call out thou son of David, that's recognizing the messianic title. But they weren't meaning it like the messianic title, though it was. They were meaning it in a derogatory manner. And Jesus said, the Lord, he saith unto them, how then doth David in spirit call him Lord? How's, how, does, how does David call him Lord if he's the son of David? He's more, he's more than just humanity, he's deity. The demons knew who he was, they said don't throw us over in the deep. Peter said thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. I'm glad if you've been saved, you know he's Lord and Savior. I say amen. Hey man, I know he was made in the flesh, but he was sinless, our sinless Savior. He became obedient unto death. He, he, was, he was tempted in all things like, and became a merciful high priest. He's able to succor them that believe. There's nothing wrong with Jesus today. And Jesus said, if you want to get things right with you, then you need to do two things. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Secondly, love your neighbor as yourself. Let's all stand his mouth.